Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 67, The Star of Christ. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. The podcast that asks you, are you ready to swallow the red pill? That's right, and we are here today with Zena, the Warrior Princess. That is me. And I'm Brother Scott, and you know what? This is going to be Christmas week. Yes. When this episode comes out, it should be Monday the 20th, mm-hmm. so we thought we'd talk about some Christmas things in the Bible. Yes. If that's okay with you guys. <laughs> so how have you been? Um, I've been good, volunteering yeah. at some physical therapy facilities. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Well, how awesome is that? Yeah, I didn't know how much I was going to be on my feet. Oh, really? Was it a surprise? It was definitely (laughs) a surprise. I'm like... Well, it's a cool thing you're doing, so that's really awesome. Well, tonight we're going to talk about something that's real familiar with a lot of people. A lot of people know the Christmas story, Mm -hmm. and they they know about the Star of Bethlehem. Yes. Or the Star of Christ, so we're going to call this episode the Star of Christ. It's our 67th episode, and we'll only have one more for the year. Whoa, 67. That's uh, a big number. It's a big number, yeah. (laughs) And thanks to you guys for growing us. We're well on our way to 45,000 subscribers. Holy moly. If we're not already there. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. So we're going to start by talking about the book of Matthew, chapter 2. And I'll read the story, just a few verses, just to catch people up on it. You've probably heard it. And if you haven't heard it, you've heard Linus say it in the Peanuts Christmas special. Yes. Actually, he reads from the book of Luke. We're going to read from the book of Matthew. (laughs) But it's pretty much a similar story. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Mm -hmm. in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Mm -hmm. For we've seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. So his star was the star of Bethlehem or the star of Christ Mm -hmm. that we're talking about. So when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Now, I'm going to ask you, Zena, Herod was the king of Israel. Okay. At a time when the Roman Empire controlled everything. So he wasn't a real king. He was a king, but he was like their puppet. You okay. Know? So it's, he, they gave him power so that he could collect taxes to give to Rome. Oh, well, that's rude. Yes, yeah, so he's not a great guy. Yeah. And in fact, he's a really bad guy, as we're going to find out. But why do you suppose, if he's the king of the Jews and he is a Jew, why would he be troubled at news that the king of the Jews was born? Because that means that, uh, well, obviously that means that his plan or kind of whatever he's doing is about to stop. That's right. He's about to be out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> that's For exactly sure. right. You got it on the head. And so he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he um, 
inquired or demanded of them where Christ should be born. And uh, they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So he, they kind of told the king, here's what the scriptures say about where he's going to be born. Okay. And then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Because obviously if they traveled from the east, they were some distance away. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out. We're going to, the next episode we do next week is going to be about the wise men. So we're going to learn more about what they did and how they traveled. So why were the Jews upset? You would think that they would be excited because that means they're not going to be taxed anymore. Well, they wouldn't necessarily know that because just like in any country, like let's just say talk about America, mm-hmm. you've got uh, a divided country. There's some people that love the way things are and there's some people that are angry the way things are. So it would have been similar. You would have had a lot of people that might have liked the fact that Rome was protecting them Mm -hmm. and they felt like it was worth it to pay the taxes and didn't really value freedom okay or the freedom at least that the bible spoke of in the prophets where christ messiah the king would come and give them liberty Mm -hmm. and then you had another half that probably did want that and were ready to get out of the bondage of rome and back to being their own nation again so it's it was political okay basically that's a really good question too by the way So he asked them when the star should appear, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you've found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And we're going to find out that that was really a lie. He didn't want to worship him. He wanted to kill him because he wanted to stop this prophecy from being fulfilled Yeah, because he didn't want to lose his power. So it's interesting that uh, we'll find out that there's a lot of, uh, you've heard of the expression or seen the nativity scene, right? So you've got the babe in the manger, Mary, Joseph, the angel, the donkeys and the sheep Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And usually you'll see the three wise men there. Okay. Now we're going to find out they came two years later. They weren't there the night he was born. Okay. So it's kind of anachronistic, but it gets, it's like a overview of the whole picture. Okay. It's like, you know, even though a lot of people don't know that, it's not everything happened in one night. That was, the, the birth was one night, and then two years later, the men came. Now, was, okay, I know this is a very controversial question. Mm-hmm. Was Jesus actually born on December 25th? No, as a matter of fact, he was probably born in September. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, the, the star, in fact, you know what, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> because, <clears throat> excuse me. The star um, that we believe was the one they saw and followed Mm -hmm. newly appeared in the sky. So that's how they recognize, oh, that shouldn't be there. That's a new star. Yeah. So they followed it or they did what they did and we'll dig into that. And um, it was in the constellation of Virgo, which is the virgin. Uh Uh-huh. And in, I should call it the sign of Virgo, mm-hmm. every sign of the Zodiac, or in the Hebrew, it's called the Maseroth. Remember, we talked a little bit yes. about that. And um, every sign has three constellations associated with it, okay? So Virgo has a constellation, uh, one of the three, and it's called Coma, or Coma, and it's a woman holding a baby, a woman with a child. And, oh, and she's a virgin and the baby is newborn. Mm-hmm. And the, the experts believe that 
the star that appeared that these wise men searched was either in Virgo or the constellation of Coma. Okay. When they saw it. And therefore, it would make sense that he would have been born in the time of the year when Virgo, what the sun was there and whatever, you know. So mm -hmm. we'll, in fact, we'll go ahead and talk about that right now. Let's go, first of all, to the prophet that they were reading to Herod when he asked them, where is the king supposed to be born? And they said, Bethlehem. Well, it's, they were reading from the prophet Micah, and it was chapter 5, verse 2. Now, we'll, we read what they cited. We're going to go right to that scripture. Okay. Verse 2 says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, and I don't know why it's Ephratah, but that means something. Okay. Uh, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, because Bethlehem was not a big city. It was a little city. Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. Now, when they read it, they said governor, mm -hmm. which is a ruler. But ruler here, and it says, Whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Now, they didn't say that part. Yeah. This ruler is the Lord himself. That's why Herod was troubled, because Ooh. he knew if this was the Christ child, then that was going to be the king that would straighten out all the bad, and he's part of the bad. Yes. He's part of the bad program there. Therefore will he give them up until the time that she which travaileth hath brought forth, then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel, and he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, and now shall he be great unto the ends of the earth. So his kingdom would go beyond Israel. And when Jesus comes back, he is going to be the king of the whole earth. So yeah, Herod wasn't happy about this. Poor Herod. <laughs> Poor Herod, that's right. Now, this was not the only scripture, Micah, that we just read that was fulfilled with the birth of Christ and associated with the star that we're going to find out was really the sign of his coming, mm -hmm. okay, and will be again. So let's go look at a few oh. other passages. Yeah, that's what's really interesting. Another There's, star. <clears throat> probably the same one. Either appearing again or uh, it could be, uh, as we're going to see, there might be two uh, understandings of the star. Mm -hmm. One, as we think of a star in the sky, which I believe it was. But remember what else is called stars in your Bible? The, the angels. That's right. And we're going to find out this star that the wise men saw when they finally did get to Bethlehem, which we haven't read yet. Uh, it does something that normal stars don't do. Because a star doesn't come down out of the sky and sit over a house. No. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know any stars that do that. <clears throat> right. So we're going to see that. But first, let's go to Isaiah chapter 7, and we'll read a passage that a lot of people are familiar with. Um, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. God okay. with us. So Jesus is Emmanuel. Okay. So why do we call him Jesus then, if his name's Emmanuel? His name in Greek is Jesus, or okay. Jesus, if you said it, you know, I think, something like that in <laughs> Greek. And, uh, but it's basically the interpretation of Emmanuel. Okay. Right. And, and just in the same way that, like, for example, um, Messiah is equal to Christ, but Meshua in Hebrew in Greek is Christos. So it's the same name, but different language. Okay. Okay. 
And then it says, uh, verse 15, butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. So we've got the prophecy of him being born of a virgin. Mary did not know her husband, Joseph, when she conceived Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. Oh. Yeah. So she was actually given with child by the power of God rather than through a man actually coming into her. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it makes you think that maybe the childbirth was painless and yeah. pleasant. And <laughs> but this was no ordinary child. If we go to chapter 7 of Isaiah, we read in verse 6, For unto us a child is born, us being Israel, Mm-hmm. And by extension, the whole world, but Isaiah was a prophet in Israel. Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And remember when we read a moment ago in Micah that this ruler that would come in Bethlehem was going to ultimately be, he was from everlasting, from, from the days of old, yes. and we rule over the whole earth. So this is not just an ordinary man, mm-hmm. see? This child that's going to be born is going to be called the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God. And verse 7 says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So this ruler that is to come is God himself, the Mm -hmm. son of God. He's going to reign starting with the throne of David, which was in Jerusalem. So he's the king of Israel and then ultimately the king of the whole earth. And he's going to, when he comes back, he'll take that throne. So so all these prophecies are being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And then it's funny because they actually start in the book of Genesis without naming him. As we get closer to the time, more evidence was given in prophetic scripture that told us about his name being Emmanuel the city in which he would be born, Bethlehem, that his mother would conceive as a virgin to give Mm -hmm. birth to him. But all the way back in the book of Genesis, chapter 49, we see an interesting thing. And this was, uh, in the context of this, it was Israel, the man, uh, who was Jacob, but God changed his name to Israel. And he had 12 sons, which became the 12 tribes of Israel. Laws are 12. Twelve sons, right. He had a few daughters, too, or at least one. Uh, and, uh, and her name was Dinah. Oh, yeah. that's kind of close. To, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was a song about Dinah, won't you blow your horn or something in the railroad car. Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. You <laughs> heard that heard one? It. <laughs> it's an old banjo song, I think. Anyway, so um, Judah was one of the sons. And mm-hmm. I think he might have been the oldest. If he wasn't the oldest, he was close to the oldest. And so as Israel was about to die, his sons gathered around him and he gave each of them a blessing. So he's blessing Judah. Oh, that's right. And they like, didn't they um, put hair all over their body, over one of the brother's bodies to make him feel like Judah? Well, you're actually talking about Israel was the one that did that. Okay. And he was Jacob at the time. Okay. So you're dead on right. Uh, he tricked his brother Esau, but their father was Abraham, oh, okay. who was about to die and was giving them a blessing. Mm-hmm. So it's a very similar scenario. Okay. It's just the granddad. Oh, so, okay. So now his now so his son, the granddad of Judah, was Ab- was uh, uh, um, Isaac. Excuse me, I'll get it right in a minute. 
So Isaac begat Esau and Jacob. So this Jacob is now Israel. He's old now. He's okay. about to die, and he's the one with the 12 sons. So this is now Judah, and you were talking about Judah's granddaddy. Yes. Isaac, okay. So Judah, he says in verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Now, scepter is something that a king holds. It's kind of a symbol of his power. So you got a crown, you might have a ring, and you have a scepter. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you, you've seen, if you've ever seen movies where a king holds like a staff and it's got a ball on the top of it. Yes. It's almost like a walking stick, but it's not quite that big. That's a scepter. Okay, so the scepter is, a, is representative of rulers. And he says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, meaning there will always be a king in, from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. Now, Shiloh, you heard that word? I know someone named Shiloh, but that's Do you really? It. I do. Oh, that's cool. It's actually know. a girl. Oh, really? Well, Shiloh is actually a prophetic reference of Jesus Christ. Oh. Yeah. And it has to do with him bringing peace to his people. Oh. Okay. So uh, it might, I, I don't think it means peace. I'll have to look that one up, you know. But uh, it says, unto him shall the gathering of the people be, now watch, binding his foal unto the vine. Do you know what a foal is? F-O-A-L? No. Uh, a lot of people don't, and I didn't until I looked it up. It's a, it's a young horse. Oh. So a foal is like uh, a very young newborn horse. And then uh, they get a little bit older and they're a colt, C-O-L-T, mm -hmm. like uh, the, um, I forget the colts. There's a, there's a football team. I don't remember which city they're from. How sad. It's not Indianapolis, is it? No, it's not oh, Baltimore. Oh, no. Well. What are they uh, from? You know, and I'm a football fan, and here I am embarrassing myself, not remembering who the Bolts are. <laughs> I know they've moved. Uh, well, whoever it is. So, uh, But a cold is a little bit older, and then uh, eventually they become a uh, stallion, a full-grown oh. male okay. horse is a stallion, right. Mm -hmm. And if they do a surgery to him, he's a gelding. Oh, poor guy. Which means he can't make other cults. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Darn. Yeah, well, sometimes that happens, you know. <laughs> so, but it says, binding his foal unto the vine and his ass's colt, which would be a young ass, which is a donkey. Yes. Right, okay. His ass's colt unto the choice vine. He washes garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. Now, all of this was about Shiloh. So... Do you know that there was a time when Jesus, as a man, rode into Jerusalem on a colt, the foal of an ass? No. Yeah. It was, and people in churches today celebrate it and they call it Palm Sunday. You ever heard of Palm Sunday? Um, I have, but I never understood what it was. Yeah, it was, it's supposed to be representative of Jesus's ride into Jerusalem and all the people that were expecting Messiah to come, the ones that actually believed on him, laid palm leaves down in the road on the path as he rode this donkey. Now think of it, a young colt, a, a little, a, think of a little burrow, right? Yeah. You know, and here's a grown man riding that. Not very um, awe-inspiring or majestic. or Not at all. Not a military <laughs> savior to come in. But when he comes back, he comes on a white horse full grown, right? So this was a picture of his humility to come in and suffer as the servant, 
but also to fulfill the prophecy, mm -hmm. okay? Now. Now, why is he washing <clears throat> his clothes in grapes? Well, that's going to have something to do with the fact that when he comes back on the white horse, he comes back with vengeance, and he destroys the enemies, Satan and the Antichrist and the armies against him, and their blood is going to stain his garment. So the, oh, the you've okay. ever heard the expression or the book, The Grapes of Wrath? By John Steinbeck. It's I've a famous book. I've heard of book. it, yeah. but I've never read it. Yeah, I, I, and if I read it, it was like back in high school a million years ago. But um, <clears throat> the term comes from the Bible. Okay. And then, and there's even a song about, uh, I forget it, it's like Glory, Hallelujah. Uh, da, 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 he has tread the winepress where the grapes of wrath are stored. Da, 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 da. His truth is marching <laughs> on. You know, so there's this old hymn that they used to sing about, the Battle Hymn of the Republic or something like that. And it's, again, supposed to be a picture of the return of Jesus Christ and basically the, the slaughter of Satan and his minions. Violent. Yeah. And Jesus Christ's vesture, his garment, will be dipped in blood. So it's called the blood, uh, the, the blood of grapes. Wash his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. <laughs> and, you know, grapes don't have blood. No. So it's a picture of wrath is what that is. Okay. Yeah, good question, too. You're, you got good questions tonight. <laughs> Wow. <clears throat> okay, so Psalm 45. Now let's take this thing about the scepter and the lawgiver and let's expand it to verse 6, Psalm 45, 6. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. It's another picture of the reign of God, the reign of his son Christ. And then Psalm 2, in verse 6, we see... Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. And this is God talking about his son. Many, many years before he was born. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. So it's a picture when he comes. He came first time meek and lowly riding on the ass's colt. Mm -hmm. He comes back on a white horse with a sword and an army. Oui. Yeah, big difference. Yes. And so he's going to break the heathen. He's going to kill all the enemies of God. And he's going to reign over the nations with a rod of iron. Now, <clears throat> all of this to lay the the ruler who's coming to lay out that he's got power, the scepter, that he's God's anointed, Christ, Christos, and it says there shall come a star out of Jacob. Now watch this. So uh, Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 24, and we'll tie this back into the scepter or the power. It's verse 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh or near. There shall come a star, capital S, a star out of Jacob, and a scepter, capital S, shall arise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. Now, I'm not going to get into the Moab and Sheth and Edom and all that stuff, but they're the enemies that surrounded Israel. And they're probably symbolically pictures of Satan and his armies and the Antichrist and everything else. Mm -hmm. But the star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise. So Jacob is Israel. Yes. Judah was one of his sons that was promised Shiloh would come through you, a king, a scepter. So here's the scepter and a star. So remember, when we started back in Matthew, we said that the wise men saw his star shining in the east. So 
let's go look at that star. <clears throat> Why do you think scepter and star were capitalized? Uh, to give the uh, association of those things with a particular person. So we capitalize the first letters of our name because it's a proper noun. Mm -hmm. You know, Zena spelled, by the way, with an X for anybody that do doesn't know. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I get email and they spell it with Z, you know, right? Yes, with an X. That's right, with an X. <laughs> and, uh, and S for Scott would be capital S because those are our proper names. Mm -hmm. um, if um, somebody just said uh, pastor, you know, Scott's a pastor, they would put a lowercase p. But if they called me Pastor Scott, it would be capital P because mm -hmm. it's part of the name, part of the title, right? Okay, so scepter and star are capitalized here because it's referring to the one who controls, who owns that power, okay. who's the fulfillment of that prophecy, which, of course, is Jesus, all right? So we go to Matthew chapter 24, and we'll look in verse 29. Now, here, Jesus is actually talking about his second coming. And we're going to go all the way down to near the end where he says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, and we're talking about in the, we've talked about the tribulation before in the seven yes. years and all, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven. Now, you've seen a falling star, have you? No, I actually have not. Never had seen one? It's, you, you'd have to look hard to see them these days because of light. You know, at nighttime, there's lots of lights in the cities now, so mm -hmm. we don't really see all the stars. You can only really, like even in a small town like Seguin, at night, if I go outside right now and I, and I make sure I'm in the darkest part of my yard, I can look up and I might only be able to see about 10 stars clearly, you know. Yeah. You can maybe see the moon, right? And if it's not too bright, <clears throat> you'll usually see Venus and Jupiter. And so, like, right now, we could go outside and I could show you Jupiter, Venus, and Saturn. Really? Yeah, because they're in the time of the year when they're bright and close, and they look like stars, but of course they're those planets. Okay. And then far beyond them, you'd see a few stars here and there, and there's one called Vega, I think, and it's really bright, uh, and there might be a few others. Um, but if you go out into the country oh, yeah. where it's real dark mm -hmm. and go out in the middle of the night and look up at the sky and give yourself about 15 or 20 minutes for your eyes to acclimate, you will be blown away. Super scary yeah. to be in the country yeah. when it's dark out. <laughs> if, Just saying. If it's clear and it's not cloudy, <laughs> you will see stars like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in some cases you might have to go far because there's so much light now, you know, in, at nighttime. But anyway, got scary stuff out there. So stars, a falling star is really just a meteor. That's a little chunk of something in space, a, yeah. a rock of an asteroid or whatever it is, and as it comes into the Earth's atmosphere, it starts to burn up. So it looks like a little flash of light. Oh. It goes just real quick. It's not very long at all. And usually it burns up completely and it's gone before it even gets close to the surface. If a, if a piece ever actually makes it to the surface, then it's a rock and they call it a meteorite. Okay. And you it's real valuable because you could sell it to a museum for like a lot of money, you know, if you ever find one. Ooh. <clears throat> yeah. But, and there have been instances where really big ones actually hit. They rarely ever happen in like maybe once in a couple thousand years but supposedly one hit russia many years ago and it made a huge crater yeah no way it was big enough it might have been like the size of a car or a truck but they hit with such impact it makes a huge 
dent in the earth. You know? That's got to be super scary. Right, right. So I say that all only to show the differentiation between an actual falling star that what we call a falling star is really just a meteor uh, versus a real star falling from heaven. Well, that couldn't happen. Yeah. I mean, imagine the sun landing on the earth. It would burn everything up. Yes. Right? Because the sun is a star. So how is it that he says, the moon and the, shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken? Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. Well, then it's got to be something else. It's not just a bunch of meteorites. It's angels. Angels, you got it. <laughs> and let me read verse 32, because it says, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So if you're going to see Christ himself coming with his army of angels, you can surely see other angels, bad angels, yes. that are going to fall. And I think that's what he's referring to. The stars shall fall from heaven. Because we know there's going to be a battle of angels, and we know some are going to lose, Satan's angels, and they're going to be cast down to the earth. So having said all that, is it possible that the star of Christ has double meaning? It's a star and a sign in heaven that the, the wise men saw. And did it also appear as an angel? So let's talk about the star first, as okay. a star in heaven. So I mentioned Virgo, the, the, the zodiac sign, and its constellation Coma, which literally means the woman and child. Coma is the woman and child. And uh, that's its name, that's a picture of the constellation right oh, there. Oh, that's stunning. <clears throat> Yeah, and that's from that drawing. It, our, our viewers can't see this, of course, but um, it's a drawing of the constellation of Coma, and it's from the ancient Egyptian zodiac temple of Dendera, where even the ancient Egyptians named the stars the desired and the longed for. That's why the, you know, when you think about constellations or signs like Cancer and Sagittarius and Virgo and whatever, you don't look up and see stars and see the outline of these drawings. No, not at all. And I, if I was looking at a bunch of stars, I don't see the picture they're no. talking about. Those pictures came from the names of the stars. Oh, okay. They have ancient names and they go back thousands of years. And in this case, it was the, even the Egyptians viewed the constellation as a woman sitting on a chair holding a newborn child. 
I'm so glad she's sitting on a chair because I was about to ask you, <laughs> does she have three legs? <laughs> yeah, that's a weird looking chair, isn't it? It is. I guess it's because it's an Egyptian chair and maybe they the legs were supposed to look like the legs yeah, of a cat. Yeah, I don't I think they're the legs of a cat. It's very weird yeah. looking chair. It's a weird looking chair, no doubt about that. So even this Arab astronomer many, many centuries ago, whose name was Abu Mashur, he wrote, there arises in the first decan 30 as the Persians, Chaldeans, and Egyptians. So he's talking about a time in the year, mm -hmm. which he called Deccan, but we would know as Virgo. Okay. Okay. And the Persians, the Chaldeans, and the Egyptians, and the two Hermes and Ascalius teach a young woman whose Persian name denotes a pure virgin sitting on a throne, nourishing an infant boy. The boy, I say, having a Hebrew name by some nations called Ihesu or Yeshua, and with the signification of Aiza, which in Greek is called Christos. All of this before he was ever born. Yeah. That, in other words, the stars tell the story of the Bible. Wow. I don't think people realize how much that is. This is an excerpt from the book, uh, The Witness of the Stars by Bullinger. Mm -hmm. And so he cited that Hebrew, or rather that Arab astronomer, Abu Mashur, because he believes it is very likely that the star that the wise men followed appeared as a new star in either the sign of Virgo or the constellation of Coma. And that's how they were able to see it and go, oh, that's not been there before. That must be a sign to tell us something. Yeah. So we saw the sign of the Son of Man in Matthew 24. Well, there was the sign of his birth. Whoa. So they, since they, these wise men were probably astronomers from Persia. How cool. That were Jews that were carried captive way back when Nebuchadnezzar conquered Israel. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll go to the book of Luke to see a very similar thing in chapter 21. Yeah, the Bible is so cool when it talks about the stars. It's really amazing. So this is the same scenario as Matthew 24, and Christ is speaking again. Then let them which are in Judea during these times of trouble flee into the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Woe unto them that are with child. And to them that give suck in those days, and he's talking about nursing mothers. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon his people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now this is a twofold prophecy here because the first part was fulfilled when Israel was destroyed by the Roman army and scattered abroad to the nations. The second part is going to be fulfilled when the Lord comes back. Mm -hmm. So here's the second part. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. Signs in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. <clears throat> for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And you could argue we might be entering those times now if you think about distress of nations with all the stuff that's going on. Yeah. Perplexity, people are confused. We, we can't get the right straight story. Uh, the sea and the waves roaring might not necessarily be a reference to like ocean storms, but nations rising up and turmoil and um, riots and protesting and that kind of thing. 
excuse me, <clears throat> and then men's hearts failing them for fear. We live in a time where there's a lot of fear. Yes. People are worried about things, diseases and whatever. <clears throat> and then he says, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you know and of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when you see these things come to pass, know you that the kingdom of God is at hand. So he's talking about there were signs to look for in heaven and on earth. Uh, he mentioned perplexity of nations, men's hearts failing them for fear, on and on. Uh, and then he says a parable about the fig tree. Now, I don't know if you remember us ever talking about this, but there was a time when Jesus went to a fig tree. Mm -hmm. He was hungry. There were no figs on the tree, so he cursed it. And he said, let no fruit grow on you henceforth from forever. And I remember when I was a kid, I didn't, we didn't, wasn't raised in a religious family. We didn't go to church. So on the occasions when I read the Bible, I didn't know what I was looking at. Yeah. And I remember reading that story, and I thought, and, and I grew up with fig trees. I love figs. Mm -hmm. And I thought, so sad. <laughs> Poor little fig tree. It's not his fault. Yeah. You know? And I used to think Jesus was mean to do that, mm -hmm. you know. But I didn't realize at the time that the fig tree is a picture of Israel and the fruit they should have brought forth. Righteousness, justice for widows, for orphans, you know, things mm -hmm. like that, for the poor. And they didn't. They, were, they became a crooked nation just like all the nations. And so when he cursed the fig tree, he was cursing the nation. Okay. And that nation was destroyed, was scattered, captives, and on and on. But his own people are hidden like treasure in the field. Remember, we talked about his real people. So he says here, when you see the leaves begin to shoot forth, you know summer is nigh. So I'm not a, a, a vineyard guy. I don't know much about yeah. fruit trees. But I know that in the spring, you begin to see leaves. And then by the end of the summer, you're going to have figs. Yeah. Right? So he's saying when you see the leaves shoot forth, you know that summer is nigh. So it's, a, it's implying there's going to be the birth of Israel again, a new nation. Okay, so these signs are all tying together. Just as there was a sign of the birth of the Christ, mm -hmm. the star that they followed, there's a sign of his second coming and the birth of a nation, which is going to be his people Israel. Okay, now let's put all that together. Isaiah chapter 60. And if I can find it here. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there's 60 way down at the bottom. And verse <laughs> 1. Arise, shine, this is God talking to Israel, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Think of the words light mm -hmm. and risen, Okay. And what comes to your mind? Jesus Christ right. rising again. Right, but what do you see every day when the day dawns? Uh, sunrise. The sunrise. Mm -hmm. So the light comes because the sun rises, okay? And Jesus, incidentally, in the book of Malachi, is called the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness, really? which is interesting, yeah. And the sun is a star. Yeah. Okay, so for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, just like you said, mm -hmm. and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. So you keep seeing rising light, rising light. It's Jesus, the sun, S-U-N, mm -hmm. okay? He's called the sun of righteousness, and he's also called a star. 
He is. The scepter, the star. And we'll, we'll get more into that in just a moment. But go back to Matthew now. And we're going to look at the rest of the story. Okay. So Matthew chapter 2. We left the wise men there. And Herod said, when you go find the baby or the child, <laughs> let me know. Yeah. I want to come worship him too. But he doesn't want to worship him. Yeah. Now he wants to kill him. So he sent them to Bethlehem, verse 8. Mm -hmm. Said, go and search diligently for the young child, and when you found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them. How does a star go before you? Must be moving really, really fast. <laughs> right. And uh, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now, there's no way if I looked up in the sky and I saw the star of on the belt of Orion yeah. or whatever, you name the star, I don't care, you name the planet, it won't make any difference. <laughs> whatever that light is in the sky, it doesn't go before me and stand over the, the house. That of, sounds uh, like a UFO. Yeah, that would either be a UFO or an angel, mm -hmm. right? When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Well, that means it must not have been seen since they got to Jerusalem. Yeah. Right? Because they followed it from the east, I think, in the sky, because it was a real star mm -hmm. that showed up in that constellation. And then when they get to Jerusalem, they, they're looking for the king because they're wanting to know who's going to be the king of the Jews. Who better to ask than the king? Yeah. The king doesn't know. He asked the scribes and the Pharisees, and they say, well, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. So he says, go search Bethlehem and let me know when you find him. Yeah. They're on their way to Bethlehem, and something guides them to the house. They don't have an address or GPS or anything <laughs> like that, right? So they go to the house where the young child was, and you'll notice it wasn't a manger. It was a house because it's oh. not the night he was born. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get back into that more next episode. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right, so they go there. Now, this is an unusual star. Now, so we, we have to conclude it's an angel yes. that guided them to the house. And we've talked about this many times but for the sake of our listener. We'll go back to the book of Job chapter 38, just to show that a star can be an angel as in verse four, Job 38, four, a God speaking to Job out of the whirlwind says, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it, Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof, all about creating the planet, earth. Verse 7, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And so we know those were angels, created yes. beings, and we see them again in the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation. And I already hinted at this earlier, but we'll read it again in verse 3, Revelation 12. There appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. Uh, it's the stars of heaven, or the angels that joined Lucifer in rebellion. So, we can prove that stars are angels by the scriptures. Yes. This star that the wise men saw go before them and then stand over the house where the child was when they find Jesus clearly couldn't have been an actual star in the sky. Yeah. So it was probably the physical embodiment of that star, which would be the angel. Mm -hmm. And then notice something else in Revelation chapter 1, if we go back to the beginning of this book, 
verse 10. Uh, and it's John describing the individual that comes to start talking to him, which says, verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. That's Jesus. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. And he lists them. Verse 12, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, which is a reference of Jesus, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle, meaning his chest was covered with a girdle. His hair and his head, his head and his hairs were white like wool. Hairs, that's a funny word, hairs. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like undefined brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. So he turns to hear the one saying, I am Alpha and Omega, I am beginning and the end, and he sees somebody that looks like Jesus Christ in his glory. <laughs> so he would think that's Jesus talking to him, yes. right? Well, we skip on down to the end of the book, chapter 22. That was the first chapter. Here's the last chapter. So the whole chapter, or the whole book rather, is this person saying, I'm Alpha and Omega, talking to John and telling him to write all this down. So he does it. And when he gets to the end of the book, he says, this person, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. So it's not Jesus, it's an angel. And not just any angel, it's his angel. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself has an angel who's called the angel of the Lord. Then he said unto me, see thou do it not. This angel, now that we know he's an angel, says, don't worship me, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren the prophets and of them which keep the sayings of this book worship God. So even though he speaks with the voice of Jesus when he says, I am Alpha and Omega, he's his angel. So could the star that the wise men saw that led them to the Christ child have been the angel of the Lord in that final part of the journey that brought them to the house in Bethlehem? Yes. I think it was. And then finally, in verse 16 of the same final chapter of the book, it says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto these things in the churches. This was his angel talking the whole time, but speaking with the voice of God. Oh. Right? So it would be like if, if your dad was speaking through you and you were moving your mouth, but I heard your dad's voice come out of your mouth, you know? I would be kind of creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's how Christ is speaking to John through this angel. It's his angel. He represents him, but it's not Christ himself. And yet he says... I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So Jesus Christ is that star, that scepter. He's not an angel, mm -hmm. but he is the son of God. And he has, a, he has an angel who is going to be perhaps the sign. And maybe the sign of his return is going to be his angel appearing in the sky again. And perhaps once it appears in the sky, when he's almost to the earth, maybe the angel of the Lord will actually come down to the planet yeah. right before Christ does or something like that, you know.
So just to wrap this all up in 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter affirms, we, we just read what John said about it. Peter affirms in, in John, uh, first Peter, I'm sorry, second Peter, <laughs> <laughs> getting all fumbled here. Chapter one, verse 19. And remember, Peter and John were with Jesus when he was still alive, when he transfigured on the mountain and turned into two other people before them. It was Jesus and Moses and Elijah. Okay, and it's called the Mount of Transfiguration. And they were there, they saw it, they heard him speak, they heard God speak out of heaven. And he's saying, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Even than what I saw in my own eyes, I've got something more sure, which is the word. Mm -hmm. Okay, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Remember we talked about the light should rise in Israel and it was Jesus? Well, the day dawn was when he comes back. It's nighttime right now where spiritual Israel is concerned. But when the Lord comes back, the day dawns, the sun rises, and the day star arises in your hearts. And the only way I could identify the day star would be the sun. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a star and it brings the day, right? Yes. So he's the day star. Isn't that fascinating? That is fascinating. So yeah, therefore we think that, or I believe, that the star that the wise men saw was an actual star probably in that constellation of Coma and Virgo, or in Virgo itself, and they followed it until they, you know, got to, somehow they were able to figure out it would be Israel, but they didn't know the exact place where the child was. And then when they were told by the scriptures that it would be in Bethlehem, they traveled to Bethlehem, and the actual star of Jesus, the angel of the Lord, guided them to the house. Yeah. Pretty wild. That is pretty wild. Yeah. And so, Lord willing, next week we'll pick up and talk about the three wise men, and we're going to learn that there's some things about them that people kind of get wrong, and we're going to set the record straight. As always. We always <laughs> set the record straight. You bet. Well, thanks for listening today, folks. Yes, thank you guys always for joining us every week. Please like, share, and subscribe. Comment down below something new that you learned, like the fact that Jesus is not born on December 25th. That's right. We don't know the exact date, but it's mm -hmm. probably September. Yes. In the sign of Virgo. And there's many reasons why we could say that, but not the least of which, if the shepherds were out in the field tending their flocks when the angels appeared to say he was born, yeah. they wouldn't be there in December. It's too cold. Yeah. Even in Israel. Yeah. Up in the mountains. Boy, it's chilly. With no heaters? Yeah. Nay -nay. Exactly. Nay -nay. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, probably September. But you can celebrate his birth anytime you want to. Very true. And if we choose to do it on December 25th, that's fine with me because, hey, that's a great time of year when we can get together with family and we can share what the Lord's done for us. Yes. And we can certainly thank God for the birth of Jesus Christ. For sure. Amen. Well, once again, Zena, as always, we appreciate you. Thanks for having me as always. And until next week, you all have a very Merry Christmas. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com.
Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at UTBNow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.